We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What up, what up? It is Friday. It is time to build a winning single-entry lineup with our hands. I am joined by a man who I fear is actually an opto bro. It is, of course, Head Chopper. How are we doing today, buddy? Can you hear me? I don't I even know I don't even know if Birdyard picked me up on this one. But, yeah, I'm, I'm doing good, man. Just, you know, relishing the one victory I'll probably have this whole year. Don't worry. You know, I'll probably give it all back before it's all over with. Yeah, so you had two big hits, right? You had uh, an NFL and a college football score? That's the way it usually works, man. You get that first one on Saturday, it gets the momentum rolling, and then boom, you nail them on Sunday. There you go. There you go. And so that was uh, the the big NFL one was on FanDuel, right? FanDuel, yeah. And uh, I mean, just let the people know, was it hand-built? Was it built with an optimizer? They need to know how the sausage got made here. Oh, man, that one was uh, the $4 millionaire maker on FanDuel. So I think I had 100 entries. And so they were they were they were in the optimizer, Uh, you know, but it's not a real an optimizer kind of says that, you know, you're running like certain projections or whatever. I just I just run them totally random. It's not really an optimizer. It's just a lineup builder. You know, I'm just building lineups there. Put in my player pool. I don't worry about projections because I set it on random, pretty random stuff. But I just, you know, put us like I want 50 percent of this guy. I want 40 percent of this guy. So it's giving me the guys I want. It's not really optimizing the lineup. It's just building them for me. And, yeah, when you get in the four dollar one, I just want to I just wanted to pump out 100 of them. So I put it in. the I put it up in the lineup builder and one of them came out golden. But, uh, you know, typically. If you're on the bad players and you tell it to give you 50% of bad players, then you're not going to, you're usually not going to win. It, you got to kind of get lucky and, and hope your players are good and then hope you get that one good combination. And I got that one good combination. See, what I'm hearing is, I mean, you know, from the Swole cast, the battle of the hand builders versus the opto bros, it continues <laughs> to rage on. You're kind of reaching across the aisle here. You're saying, yes, I used an optimizer, but I had my beautiful chopper hands in every bit of it, adjusting the exposures who I wanted. So what you are saying is maybe there's a place we can all meet in the middle here. Maybe maybe I'm the uh, link, the bridge to the two parties because yes, I, I believe in both of them. I, I like I like a lineup builder format. It makes it oh man, I've been around long enough to where I, I literally I used to build them a hundred hundred lineups one at a time. Oh, that's miserable. That was miserable. <laughs> so you know I like the lineup builder. I don't like when it just spits out what it wants to me. I don't like to plug in, although the Cardi projections are so good. So good. I don't want it to spit out a bunch of 100 Cardi lineups, Derek Cardi lineups. I want I wanted to have my feel. So, yeah, I think I think there's a bridge there between you, the two. You don't want to spit out a, a bunch of Braxton Berrios and Chris Hogan lineups this week? Man, you know, sometimes, hey, sometimes he really nails it. I think he yeah. had a really good Bridgewater week last year, but most of the time I, I kind of want to have my own feel to it. 
Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Um, all right, so what we're going to do here today, we are going to talk about the slate a little bit. Uh, we're going to focus more here on single entry, three max construction, and then we will finish building a lineup here on DraftKings. Although I did just get distracted. How could I miss this chop? Is that the man's coin around the necklace there? Oh, this oh, this little thing, right? Oh, yeah. I didn't even bring it, know. Bring it close to the camera. The people. I didn't even know I was. Yeah. I don't know if you can see it that good. Oh, wow, that's beautiful. That's my good luck charm, man. I, I mean, I definitely don't win last week without the good luck charm. Absolutely not. Actually, before we do this, as, as long as we're showing things off, I need to show you something and uh, and see if you remember what this means. Uh oh. Do you remember this blanket? Oh, that's the that's the uh, man's. That was the. What do I call? What did I call it on the? That's the one you where you let you. The most vulnerable. I yes, it's, ever the, seen it's the it's the vulnerability blanket. I remember. Yes, we were at the the Roto Grinders uh, draft party in Nashville or uh, Super Bowl party, and uh, we went up to a hotel rooftop at the end of the night, and it was cold, and they provided these blankets, and so I'm here snuggling with my wife, a very tender moment. Chop is roasting me on Twitter. Here's the problem: it became very expensive because my wife was like, "I love these blankets so much," and she went home and ordered three of them. Uh, but they are nice blankets. So, fun fact there for everyone. All right, back to the DFS here. Chop, do you build any of your? Uh, do you play single entry three max contests? Yes, I do. Those are definitely ones I build by hand for sure. Okay. So you'll you'll do the the optimizer for your your big MME sets, but then you will by hand uh, build your your smaller ones. Yeah, if I've got a like uh, a certain uh, price point that it reaches, I'll build it by hand. Uh, maybe that's fifty bucks and above. You know, if I'm in a the power sweep for one hundred and fifty dollars an entry, then I'm building those by hand. Those four dollar nine dollar. I need 50 lineups on Sunday morning. I'm definitely using the lineup builder. And would you say your single entry and three max exposures are kind of reflective of your MME exposures? Like if you got a guy 50% in your MME run, is he going to be for sure in, in one of your three max lineups? For sure. Positively, what I feel that morning, if 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 it's good enough for me for a single entry with some money at stake, it's uh, going to be reflected in the percentages I said in the lineup builder. And uh, I just I don't want to have a lineup builder spit out a lineup that isn't, in my eyes, perfect. And there's no such yeah. thing as perfect, you know. But I don't want I, I don't want one little correlation being off in in my single entry lineup builder. So I'll, I'll do those by hand. So I feel kind of this slate is a, a little similar to last week with this Dallas Seattle game kind of being like the Dallas Atlanta game last week. Just the super hot. Uh, total lots of points. It's going to be a lot of chalk. Uh, it seems like we have some running back chalk starting to solidify as well. When you think about your hand builds, are you, um, are, is it slate specific for you or do you like trying to go for an under own stack? Um, how do you approach kind of the chalk for, for those hand builds? Whew, that's the good one. The chalk is, uh, it's not really something I concern myself with when I'm first narrowing down my player pool and all that I might use it as a something later on to break some ties but I really don't look at it I've just I've I figured over the years uh I can have some chalky guys in there if I feel good about them and I can still win a I can still win a tournament and be different some there's going to be places I'm going to be different than other people that's just the way it's going to be so uh I I can uh, I don't mind playing the chalk I'm not really worried about it Okay. Yeah. Let's pull this up here. I'm going to go over to our lineup HQ just to look at some of the ownership percentages we are looking at in this game. It actually doesn't seem too out of control here. Let me actually get all the players in here. Um, Zeke at, at the highest at 20%, Lockett behind him, Metcalf 16, Cooper 15. But I'm, I think at these ownership levels, you can easily justify having multiple pieces of this game and not being worried about, uh, being too chalky i would think 100 let's we don't we don't even need to worry about being chalky yeah and um are there any pieces that um you're gravitating to here uh either based on their their ownership or just kind of your purely play the best plays i'm i'm purely play the best plays and see what that lineup looks like and then if i need to adjust something at the end that's 
uh, gets me a little bit less chalky. If, if I feel like that needs to happen, then I'll do that. But I, I'm, I'm start off your lineup by playing the best, the best plays you like. All right, there you go. Uh, Chop is not on Team Galaxy Brain uh, for single entry and three max. No, do not, do not do that. Not for single. Uh, the millionaire maker, yeah, you want to be different, man. When, when you got, when you're battling, if you're battling against thirty thousand other people, Galaxy Brain the heck out of it. Single entry. Let's stick to the gun, the big guns. There we go. Uh, quarterback is is kind of interesting this week. It does look like Kyler is going to be the most popular quarterback, followed by the guys in that shootout, Russ and Dak. Cam will probably fly a little bit under the radar just because he's $100 cheaper than Kyler. Outside of those guys, are there any off-the-board plays or stacks that you're kind of gravitating to? Those are, those are the big ones. Uh, what I gravitate to somebody I would I don't know if I'm going to gravitate to these guys but one guy that I'm still fond of this week is Josh Allen yeah uh so he's going to be way way less owned than he was was the first two weeks because of the matchup so I don't mind Josh Allen there I still think he gets the job done and can do it with his legs and I always look for a quarterback that can do it with his legs uh and then a guy who's in the opposite price range, he's much lower than that, is Carson Wentz. Mm. Like this is the this is the put up or shut up week for Philly. So there's two schools of thought. Either they're gonna lose this game and they're gonna have to write this season off because you don't go 0-3 and, and I don't think make make the playoffs at this point. So uh or they're gonna come out and bounce back and have a big a big game offensively. And I think since he hangs with them, so there's a piece of me that says this could be a shootout. Yeah, I like the uh, I like the Wentz call because it does seem like Miles Sanders is going to be very popular, and then you really drop down in ownership here. And without Rager, you got to imagine this is going to be a pretty narrow target tree with Ertz, Goddard, and Deshaun Jackson. So if the field playing Miles Sanders, you can easily get some Wentz double stacks going. Who's your preferred bring back on Cincinnati? Ooh. All right, so they've got several guys who you can turn to. We can go with the, uh, you know, the target monster is A.J. Green. I don't know about him. I don't know if he's uh, – I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm torn on him, but uh, I think my preferred bring back right now on DraftKings is Tyler Boyd. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I mean, A.J. Green at this point, he's the ultimate litmus test of like – talent or volume because he certainly looks pretty washed although a lot of his targets weren't that great the first two weeks the volume is there I mean 13 targets last week um but if they continue to throw I mean what Burrow threw 61 times on their Thursday night game uh I definitely think you want a piece uh, of this this team coming back and I'm kind of with you just being an ageist I I gravitate toward Tyler Boyd as well and it looks like he's going to be really low owned um, I can't even find him here. Where is he? Where's yeah, Tyler Boyd? They're both down there, very low. AJ Green point, and point one. That can't be right. Well, you know, Jamino sleeps a lot during the week, so he <laughs> hasn't quite got he hasn't quite got the good percentages up yet. But listen, they're all going to be on their own, so I, I wouldn't fault the guy for taking the big targets and hoping AJ Green finds you. You never know when he could just stumble into two touchdowns, and then all of a sudden he's the 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 guy you wanted or. Or there's Drew Sample, the tight end. You know, don't don't sleep on the the tight end game for Joe Burrow. So that's another guy you could run back. But I think they're all they're all fine plays. I lean towards Tyler Boyd right now. Yeah, I mean, if if how people were treating Drew Sample and uh, on the waiver wire this week is any indication, he wasn't too hot of a commodity. But he's stepping into that full role that CJ Uzoma had, and Uzoma was doing great with it too. So. I think uh, I like that call too at three five, and we are in this era now of these punt tight ends getting there. Jordan Reed, Mo Ali Cox, uh, who's the other one I was forgetting? But uh, yeah, these these guys can um, they can access the ceiling, and they just free up so much else in your lineup. So I'm enjoying the uh, the punt tight end route this year. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely different than what it was two years ago, but. You know, we don't know what we really don't know exactly. We only have a thesis of what Joe Burrow is going to be in his NFL career right now. It looks like he's a tight end check check downer. You know, that's and that's there's nothing wrong with that to start your career. So he's checking down a lot to the tight end, and that that could mean a lot on DraftKings for us. Let's um. You mentioned Josh Allen, and I I agree. I think he. I mean, he's coming off of two thirty plus point games 
on DraftKings. Uh, Stefan Diggs has just been a massive upgrade to this offense. It does. I'm going to need to hear some of my uh, news grinders. Uh, I know Zach Moss is out this week. I believe John Brown might've popped up with something as well. Um, is it just for you with Josh Allen because of the rushing? Is he just a single stack with Diggs, and you don't really have to worry about any doubles? No, I could. Uh, I like. I like the rush. I like the quarterback to uh, have the upside of maybe running the ball a little bit, but I still need him to pass to get there for me. So I like the Diggs call, but you know, I'm seeing. Yeah, I do see the questionable tag on John Brown. He's going to play. He's he's in my player pool, and he. I would still consider him. Uh, just as viable of a stack with uh, Josh Allen as Stefan Diggs. I think, John, like there's number two wide receivers like this can get you there in GPPs. This is kind of what you want. He's like we saw the home run last week. It could happen again this week with uh, Jalen Ramsey, Garden, Stefan Diggs. Diggs could torch him. Diggs could absolutely torch him and be the tournament winner for us with Josh Allen. Or Jalen Ramsey could kind of clamp him down a little bit. And then Josh Allen has to go to John Brown. And John Brown has that big, you know, Red Cross signed by his name on DraftKings. So nobody's going to play him. And then next thing you know, he's got two 50-yard touchdowns and he's your tournament winner. That's so I, don't a, mind, I don't mind either one of them. That's a hand builder's worst nightmare. They go in to the app oh, on their yeah. phone and they see that red injury thing next to them. And the hand builder says, I can't do that. I can't put that guy in there. But the opto guys, man, they don't care. It just goes in with the numbers. The nerds don't see the red cross signs. They just they just plug in numbers. It's all it's all binary to them, ones and zeros, and that's it. Um, yeah, this is a good point. You know, right now the Singletary ownership was really low, but with Moss out, uh, I mean, he is going to get all of the touches there. You got to imagine he's getting twenty plus touches there. So, do you think Devin Singletary does end up being kind of the mega chalk on this slate, or could he uh, could he still go under the radar a little bit? You know, he's probably going to go under the radar just a little bit. Uh, I don't think uh, anybody really gravitates to the Buffalo rushing game much anymore. So I think he still goes under the radar a little bit. Yeah, that could be interesting. Yeah, someone had thought uh, floated out thoughts on fading digs and going with Allen Brown Singletary. If if John Brown is fine health-wise, I think you could, you could definitely do something like that. That said, I'm sitting here, and again, I know Jamino has been getting in lots of naps, but I'm looking at this 2.1% ownership and uh, I'm definitely not worried about digs at that ownership. I mean, he has that alpha role with the ceiling and the floor with how many targets he's getting that. I mean, up to what? 10, 15%. I think digs is still a solid play. Yeah, absolutely. He won't, he won't creep around those numbers this week, but I, I, I agree with you. He's a, uh, he's the alpha man. Some guys are just built different. He is. <laughs> That's right. Uh, the chat's now wanting to talk bringbacks in this game. If we are loading up the bills, uh, Tyler here says cup seems like the play in that game. Buffalo against the slot is awful. We're also coming off of the big Tyler Higby game. Who are you liking on the Rams side with their running backs banged up? Oh, somebody likes Cooper cup out there. Somebody must be reading Adam Levitan's buy low, sell lower contrarian model, but <laughs> I think, uh, I think, Cooper Cup's a really good play this week. I absolutely like him. I was eyeballing him earlier today, and uh, I think Cooper Cup is a good – but, I mean, I look at the Rams, and honestly, you could come back with uh, any of the Woods, Higby. Maybe Higby's the guy that gets another three touchdowns. You just never – but I like Cooper Cup the most, but that's not to say that's the answer to the question. We don't, It could be Higby. I, I, do, I do tend to avoid Robert Woods this week, though. Yeah, and Higby uh... – Higby feels a little bit like chasing the box score with uh with those touchdowns there. I, I do like the idea of going to Cup if he's a little bit lower owned. Taco Bell keeper. Wow, is that is that a is that a Crunchwrap Supreme in your avatar? That uh that has me hungry, Chop. That has me real hungry. You, um, you can get the, the 10, 10 times box now. You know, you can get ten tacos in one box. There we go. There we go, baby. There there's uh I'll let I'll let Lauren know our dinner plans are canceled. We are going to get the uh, the 10 for 10 box at Taco Bell. Anyways, he says bring back with Henderson. One thing to be careful with is Malcolm Brown was back in practice in full yesterday. So I like Henderson. I think he's uh, an exciting talent, but uh, they're going to give Malcolm Brown carries. Do you have any any love or interest in the running backs here? As of now, these running backs for the Rams are excluded from my player pool. 
Okay. A little the a little hand of God in the optimizer there from Chopper. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't have much interest in that in that running game. Uh, if the game goes like I want it to go and it goes according to plan, then the running game should be a moot point. And uh, if it's not, then I'm I'm already on the the losing end. Yeah. Um, I'm just scanning here for some of the other kind of interesting situations up here. I I do think the Cardinals Detroit game is interesting. Uh, I don't know if I should be happy or sad that Christian Kirk probably isn't going to play because he's the guy I just Martingale every week uh, after week. Do we have any love for Andy Isabella in this spot if Kirk doesn't go? Yeah, I think so. You know, uh, there's there's some guys out there, great athletes, great, great athletes in college. They played the wide receiver position in college and they were all good, but they get to the NFL and it's kind of a different story. And maybe maybe they just can't cut it as a wide receiver and they need to be moved to running back or special teams or something like that. And Christian Kirk may be that guy. So I don't I've, I've kind of gotten off of that play. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Cor- the old Cordell Patterson, you know, just a great oh. athlete, but just couldn't quite. Couldn't quite cut it in the NFL as a wide receiver, so you got to move him around and do some things with him. But uh, Isabella, though, now that's a wide receiver. That's not an athlete. That's a wide receiver right there. So, yes, if when Christian Kirk gets ruled out, then Isabella definitely uh, jumps up on, on my table. Yeah, and it does look like Hopkins, I mean, his target share has been insane. Uh, they are using him uh, with a lot of low average depth of targets here it's really a lot of underneath stuff but again obviously monster target usage this game versus Detroit should be uh pretty interesting as far as uh over under perspective and what I'm excited about for the Lions is it looks like they're going to get Galladay back and boy they really need him to to get that offense cooking again yeah if that's the key to that game for me is uh if Galladay plays that game in general vaults up my chart as definitely a potential shootout spot. So got my eye on that. Don't, don't much like it without Galladay. He's really Stafford's really handcuffed with his targets, but Galladay's in there. It brings that extra dimension and, and we're off to the races. I would like that. Yeah. I don't know who it was. I saw some talk on the timeline this morning for Dan Arnold. I assume that's if, uh, if Kirk doesn't play what, it, is Isabella just if you are going to do a double stack with Kyler, is it just Isabella for you, or would you mess around with like a Fitz or a Dan Arnold? I have no idea why you would want to mess around with Dan Arnold or Fitzgerald now either, but especially Dan Arnold. I, I just no, that's there's no there's no upside right there for me. He'd have to really, really get super lucky and get the two one yard touchdown catches, and I, I just can't depend on that. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Isabella's the double stack. And then there's interesting bringbacks on Detroit with both uh, Galladay, you know, Marvin Jones can always blow up and uh, and uh, Hawkinson as well. It would be very fitting of Marvin Jones, you know, when he is the number one target and kind of flops if then he pops off for three touchdowns once Galladay is back. That is, you know, it's kind of a, uh, it, it feels like a joke, but it's really not. It's the That's the legit thing. Some guys are... Are, are cut out better to be number two guys and, and have the less pressure on them. And Galladay coming back may take the pressure off of him. But I think through all that, my run back, my favorite run back would be Hawkinson. I think this is a really good spot for him. Yeah. All right. We got a question here from Eric Belair. In three max, are you building three totally different lineups? Are you starting with a base stack game for all three or, or even I'll add on to it like a core of players for all three? For me, I, I build a lineup and then I reset it and I'm not, I don't, uh, the, what I just built doesn't carry over. Uh, I'm fresh, fresh, uh, fresh eyes on a new lineup. I don't carry anything over. I like to uh, start over fresh. And if that leads me to three lineups with 24 different players, then I'm fine with that. As long as they're in my player pool, I like them. I don't, I don't have any problem with that. And when do you, do you build your lineups early in the week and then, uh, tweak them or do you wait like after inactives and now with a fresh perspective, I'm going to build those. After inactives is where I get the, was that's when the magic happens, man. Like, and every week I tell myself, I need to do this a little earlier because I'm cutting it too close. I'm cutting it too close. And every week I do the same thing. My last submit is like with like 45 seconds left on the DK timer before 
kickoff. It's always way too close to where if there's even one problem, I'm, I'm in big trouble. But I always wait too late because I want to see the I hate building things and then having to delete it because I feel like am I deleting the million dollar winner right here <laughs> only because I didn't get all the information. I, I, this may be the big one and I'm deleting it. I hate deleting lineups. So I just don't build them until I, until I get all my information in front of me. Yeah, and this is like more, I think, even psychological than anything. But last year, I would do stuff where I would make like a bunch of lineups and I would just like save them, you know, in my DraftKings page. But you get anchored to those plays. It's like the same thing when you draft a guy in a fantasy league and then someone offers you a trade. You're like, no way. I just drafted this guy. I love this, dude. Uh, so I do. It's like a fine line between messing with builds, seeing what stuff fits, what stacks you like but not getting anchored to a specific construction because then stuff happens on Sunday morning and you need that fresh perspective. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's a, it's a mental thing. It's a mental block, but you gotta, you gotta get over that hurdle. Yep. And I like for my, the single entry stuff, and maybe we can do this now. Like one thing that I like to do is, you know, I like looking at some of Cardi's optimals and then starting to think, all right, who are the best plays? What are some of the pivots? What's kind of the ownership here? Um, if we were going to go ahead and let's um, let's just build like, uh, I don't know, 50 lineups uh, that we would consider here for a single entry or three max build. Are there any other settings? Um, if we want to put in a stack, do you want to set up a, a double stack rule, a single stack with a bring back? What would be kind of your default setting if we just want to see the landscape for optimals? I mean, my, my default, the one, the one and only is... Uh... I always need to pair my quarterback with – I usually just do one wide receiver. I usually don't double stack. It have to be like a a really weird situation, but that's the number one rule I always plug in. You just can't build a GPP lineup without making sure that your quarterback has at least one receiver he's throwing to in that lineup. So that's that's number one target rule and, for me. And uh, would you, for the default, do you have a bring back as well or no? Not not my default, you know, like as I go on and, and building later on and like it, if I'm doing 150, if I'm maxing out one of those tournaments, then my last 50 lineups, I may say, OK, let's get a little different and let's let's make sure we're bringing it back with somebody. But just that first 50 or that first 100, I'm not necessarily trying to bring it back with anybody. No. OK, yeah, let's just do that. Let's just do the quarterback to a pass catcher. Um, obviously nothing with player groups, anything else that you, uh, if just to get us a, a base level here of looking at some lineups, any other, uh, tweaks you would make to the, the lineup rules? I just always make sure I do not ever have a tight end in the flex. I just make sure it's always, always on zero. draft on DraftKings, either a running back or a wide receivers in the flex. Gotcha. All right. Let's, let's build 50 line. Oh, they're going to want me to modify my player pool here. Got it. Well, we got to, yeah, we got to play by the rules. You got to get rid of those those players because otherwise everybody's just running Cardi's lineups. That's right. So we're going to get rid of Christian Blake. No, we're not going to lock him. We're going to get rid of him. And uh, Cam Sims, uh, two guys I just learned about for the first time. Now um, you'll be different than everybody else because they'll, they'll probably leave those guys in their player pool. Now, have you run optimals for this week yet or is this yet your first look? This is the first look at the optimals. This is I haven't, uh, haven't run. I don't run any of that stuff until – Sunday morning. All right. Well, I hope I'm not upsetting your process uh, by doing this now, but I just thought it'd be, uh, it'd be nice to look at uh, a couple of these lineups here. Ooh. What, what, what made you go? Ooh, the, the calisthenics guys in that, in that first lineup, Chris Hogan out there doing calisthenics, man. He's, he made the cut, I guess, with all the injuries to the Jets. That's interesting. Party might get the last laugh on us with Chris Hogan. He might. This he, might. he might. He might. This, um, I, I mean, this does look, uh, pretty damn close, uh, to, uh, to an optimal lineup. Obviously most people will play a running back in the flex as opposed to the four wide receivers, but Hopkins and Allen Robinson going to see good volume. I like the Goddard call a lot, Miles Sanders, and then Hamler. Let's talk about him because I'm curious where his ownership shakes out. He kind of presents an interesting conundrum for people who are going cheap in that, he doesn't have a high floor necessarily with how he's going to be used. That said, he's 3,000. He's going to get some deep targets in the, and Sutton is out. So there's a lot of available work there. Where are you at on Sutton or uh, on Hamler? I'm, uh, 
I'm not as he's he's popping on that because of the three thousand dollar price tag. I get it. He's not a guy that I probably will play in a tournament, even a single entry tournament. And if he beats me, he beats me. But like his teammate Jerry Judy is also a rookie wide receiver this year, and he hasn't had a big game yet. He's he's I don't want to say struggled, but he hasn't put up those big numbers yet. And uh, he's a lot better than KJ Hamler, so. You know, if, if they want to beat me with KJ Hamler, go for it. But he's a guy I'm not going to have in my player pool. All right. All right. I am, I'm going to keep an eye on his ownership. Um, if it gets a little out of control, I think I'm, I'll probably be off of him. But if it stays at this 5%, I think Hamler is going to be a guy that I'm going to mess around with. One guy here that's, that's showing up, and I think people are kind of split on McKinnon. I've seen some projections that are super high on him. The fear on the other side of the coin being that it's just a mess of a committee with Jeff Wilson, and if they promote Jamichael Hasty from the practice squad, is Jarek McKinnon good chalk in your opinion, or is he a trap? Wow, that's a good one. He's a. I think he's in for a, a bigger year. I like. I'm. I'm not a huge best ball guy, but I was on Jarek McKinnon in best balls. I, I read a lot of good things coming out of camp on him. So. And then he's looked good when he's touched the ball early, early in this year. I do worry about maybe Jeff Wilson. They get inside the five and it's the Jeff Wilson show or something like that. And it could always come back and bite you. But I think he's the superior running back. And I think he's, I think he's fine chalk. Jarrett McKinnon is. Yep. Uh, it looks like he is showing up here in, in some of these 4,900. Cardi's got him projected for, for 15.29 points. Not a bad look there. Wow, a little Adam Humphrey showing up. I also saw him popping in the the blitz points per dollar there. Um, As I scroll through these lineups, any other kind of names surprising you or or giving you ideas that you might not have otherwise been thinking about? No, the uh, well, it's not surprising that the Eagles are getting so much attention as the defense. He has them rated as the number one defense this week Derek Hardy does so they're going to get a lot of love that goes against my thinking with that game so that's one I'll definitely be different on especially looking at that projected ownership of the defense no no defense probably ever deserves to be 15 to 20 percent owned and especially that defense this week so I'm good with that fade I want to see the person in in a cash game that has the stones to roll out Josh Malone and Chris Hogan in their lineup. I mean, you got to be a true sicko to do that. Uh, do you have for single entry three max, do you have a hard and fast rule for wide receiver or running back in the flex, or is that kind of slate and lineup specific for you? As in, do I prefer a running back or a wide receiver? Yeah, like a lot of these have DeAndre Hopkins. I know some people get scared away from having four wide receivers, but we've also seen the ceiling of that as well. No, I'm fine with either a running back or a wide receiver. I just want to make sure I don't have a tight end there. That's the only thing. Yeah. Before we build a lineup, let's talk about tight end real quick. It does seem just from the guys that are showing up here that it's kind of all over the map from the the cheaper plays. Logan Thomas is a, is a great value and is going to be popular. Um, you got the Ertz guys paying up for Waller, who's still too cheap relative to his role. I mean, 16 targets last week. Are you leaning toward paying down mid-range uh, or going up at tight end this week? Uh, you got me. You got me. Here we go. Here's the thing about tight end this week. Number one, Waller is still in my player pool because when I X'd him out, it left me with 13 tight ends and I don't like odd numbers. So I had to either cut another guy, which I didn't want to do, or had to add a guy. So I just added him back, but I, I probably won't use him. I need, I need even numbers on all my stuff. Wow. So. See, this is, you know what? It's been this push-pull for like, I'm trying to get a read on, is Chop a hand builder and opto bro at his heart? But you with this superstition, I can tell you are a hand builder at heart, Chop. Oh, for sure. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a technology averse, man. But so he's in there, but don't like Waller. Here's the guy that, we don't have – you're not going to have any in your lineups right there, George Kittle, because right now he's projected at a zero. I think he plays this week, and I think he may make for the best tight end on the slate is, is George Kittle. So, And I think the ownership is, is down because everybody's got him at a zero and thinks he's probably going to miss or might miss or or what have you. So 
when he's at, when a guy's projected to miss for much of the week, the ownership's going to be low on Sunday morning, even if he's active. George Kittle's a guy I'm eyeballing as my best tight end this week. Yeah, 6,300. Uh, I'm with you. I feel like that's, um, it goes back to that thing of seeing the injury thing next to the red cross on there is the thing is, is with these guys, especially grown ass men like George Kittle, like if they're out there, they're out there. And yeah, I know there's exceptions if they say, Hey, he's going to be on a snap count and all of that. But, uh, I like that line of thought. We know his ceiling, I guess. Do you have any concern about Mullins being the QB or does that not really change things for you? No, Mullins is, listen, Mullins is probably just as good as Garoppolo. We saw, we saw he, he did well when he got his chance a couple years ago. Like, uh, the thing is, is Jordan, you, I mean, he not only a grown ass man, the man, whatever kept him out of the lineup last week, he actually went back in the game and played with it the, the prior week when he was hurt. So he is, he is very much a grown ass man. And I would expect that they would not play him in this game unless, uh, they were willing to run him routes and get him the ball in the end zone. And as far as pitch count, we saw how that worked out with the Jordan Reed. So we're not worried about pitch count. Uh, I think I'm not worried about George, George Kittle one bit if he's active. All right. There we go. I like that that bold take. Obviously, pay attention to inactives in news on Sunday. But uh, I agree. He is, he is definitely in play if he is active. Let's head over and make a lineup here in the spy this week. I am in the uh, the big spy, the 5555. Are you in this Ooh. contest? How much Oh, I, I don't that might be too rich for me, man. Oh, get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm not uh, sure. I'm not having signed up for everything. That that reminds me. See, here's here's what I like to do. I like to sign up for the big contest one throughout the week, one day at a time. So, uh, I go to DraftKings and the first thing I do in the morning, I go to my rewards. I click on my missions. I get my extra dollar in credit right there and then uh, on my daily rewards. And then I go to my missions and I start my mission. If my mission is a high dollar, I, I don't want to sign up for all my high dollar stuff early. I need to do it one at a time so I can get all my missions behind Luke, me. That, see, that's a good hack. That's a good hack. And another just notch in the belt for Chop being a hand builder every day, putting on his hard hat, logging into DraftKings and doing his missions, collecting those crowns. That's how you do it. Uh, speaking of which, uh, uh, corporate came down and they said, Peter, you must do an ad read for DraftKings. I said, guys, we're literally drafting a lineup on their site. And they said, Peter, you need to do a DraftKings ad read. So for a limited time, new users like you who have never played on DraftKings.com, you can win uh, a free ticket if you deposit minimum $5, enter code DFF. Um, and that will get you a ticket that, uh, that you can enter into a contest and you can join the fun. You can be a showdown thought leader like myself. You can be a millionaire like chop as well. So there you go. Let's build this lineup chop. I'm going to give you the honors. Um, of course we got the Roto grinders, uh, extension on here. So if you need me to check ownership, uh, anything like that, go ahead and let me know, but do you want to start us off with a stack? You got a play that you want to lock in here? What are you thinking? Uh, yeah, I like to uh, start off with a stack and see and see where I'm at. See where I'm at. So let's let's figure something out here. We we talked about guys we like. I'm going to stick with the, the game I really like, which is uh, the Philly game. I think I think the Prescott Wilson stacks are going to get a lot of love. I want to go a little bit different than that. I don't mind. I don't mind that Arizona game, though. Hmm, this is a tough one. Let's go Carson Wentz because okay. I, I compare him with one of my favorite guys in the NFL for GPPs, which is big Deshaun Jackson. Always does me well, man. Always does me well. This this does feel like the Deshaun Jackson week, right? Feels like that. Hopefully, hopefully people don't gravitate to that. I, like, I never liked Deshaun when he's higher owned and – just don't like it, but when when I can get him under the radar, I, I definitely want to play him. Yeah, I mean, nine targets last week. Uh, that that's a really nice indicator uh, for him, and that role is only going to expand with Rager out. Right now, uh, we see here only five percent ownership. Uh, I mean, that's when you want to play these these boom bust guys is when they're they're under ten percent. So I love it, and I'm going to stick on brand with uh, what we talked about earlier, and I'll run it back with Tyler Boyd for us. Do it. Let's do it. So we uh pretty uh lots of different ways we can go here. We haven't, you know, broke the bank on any high price studs yet. So I'll toss it back to you now that we got 
our little game stack here. You can decide, do you want to double stack Wentz or you want to leave this as a little skinny guy here? Uh, I don't want to double stack Wentz. I don't. If I did anything at this point in this game, I would come back with another Cincy guy. Uh, not, but it'd be opportunity cost. It'd come at the tight end spot. I may want to do sample, but that would leave me from uh, taking some of my better tight end plays off. That would, that would take the tight end plays off for me. So maybe we we leave that open and then we look at running backs real quick. Let's look at running backs real quick and. Oh boy, I tell you, one guy who I'm eyeballing this week, and I, I think he flies a little bit under the radar because people are going to like his teammate, and that's Austin Eckler. Ooh. You know, I think people for, are getting the galaxy brain on Josh Kelly, who's not a bad play, but uh, I think Eckler is still the guy I want out of that backfield this week, and I think it's a prime matchup for somebody in that backfield. Yeah, I li- I like that call a lot. I mean, we had I hadn't even thought like the second you said Eckler for a second, I was like, wait, is he even on the main slate? Because we hadn't we hadn't talked about him at all. The Panthers have just been getting absolutely gashed by everybody, and I I do think both Kelly and Eckler can continue to have good games. And Justin Herbert is a big boost for this offense. We can see here, you know, Eckler going from one target to four targets, fifty five yards and getting uh, still that high worsh, uh, rushing workload. He uh, he might not be in kind of getting the bonus territory with Joshua Kelly, but I mean, this kind of combination of rushing and receiving workload in a plush mashup, ah, I love the Eckler call. He, to me, feels like he could kind of be this week's, and man, this seems hyperbolic, but this week's Aaron Jones, the guy that pops off at low ownership. Yeah, he has that, he has that upside, and, and we are on DraftKings, and he is a really good catcher of the pass out of the backfield. So uh, yeah, I like, I like the spot. Okay. Let's see here. I am going to, I think we can spend a little bit. I, I kind of like this very kind of contrarian lineup we have building and we can, we can smash in some chalk. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to grab Stefan Diggs. We were talking about him earlier. Uh, if Brown is banged up, no Moss. I mean, he should have a really high target share. We both kind of like that game to potentially shoot out. And yeah, he's just a stud. And if if this ownership is anywhere close to what it is, uh, I think he's a really nice uh, play. And one thing too, I think we were talking about it. I do too many shows. I can't remember where we we're talking about it, but people get scared. On the price jump. Actually, I think it was the swole cast and Diggs's price has gone up, but I still don't think it's reflective of his of his ceiling. So are you down with the Diggs play? I love it. And I love it because why why are people scared off of Diggs? Not it's not just the price jump. I mean, if he was seven grand facing the Jets, he'd be 20% owned, you know. People are scared because they're reading the matchup versus cornerbacks article where he's matched up and going to get shadowed by Jalen Ramsey, and that's fine. But Amari Cooper took Jalen Ramsey to school in the first week for 10 catches, and Stephon Diggs has a bigger target share than Amari Cooper. He's, he's just as talented as Cooper, not quite as young. Cooper's still 19, but Diggs is still great, and I think Diggs is being uh, driven down because of the potential matchup but I don't think matchups matter that much for guys like him. So I love Diggs this week at that ownership. All right. I, I like this lineup. It's definitely uh contrarian. Do you want to eat some chalk here? Or are you going to keep, uh, keep us off the board? What do we got? 4,800. We're kind of drifting down. So I think uh, probably couldn't do the big stud, another big stud in there. We'd really be kind of cramming in some Cardi specials at 3K, and I don't want to do that in a GPP lineup. So – where I want to go now, I think I'll go back to tight end. I think I double stack Cincy against against Wentz and against Deshaun Jackson. I don't mind Tyler Boyd and Drew Sample let AJ Green's target share go to nothing this week and have Joe just check down all day to Boyd and Sample, and then we were racking them up on DraftKings. Another another seven catches out of Sample at this price, and he got seven catches, you know, and it wasn't even a full game for him. I got a feeling, you know, he, we could see the same type of workload this week. And at 3,500, you know, now we're just hoping for a little bit of points in that game. I like it, man. This this is a lineup you can toss in the Millie Maker. This thing, this thing is hot. I'm going to eat us some chalk here. I'm going to go ahead and put in um, Jonathan Taylor 
at 7,000 at home versus the Jets. He dominated the touches last week. Naheem Hines was very involved week one, but that was in a game they were trailing a little bit more. We've now kind of seen their blueprint, which is when they're winning, it's going to be the Jonathan Taylor show at home versus the Jets. Seems like a smash spot. You okay eating that, Chuck? Absolutely. I I like Jonathan Taylor this week. I don't mind that at all. Why don't we collectively plug in uh, a defense and then you can finish us off here in the flex. I actually haven't looked at defense much this week. I have been kind of punting it. Last week I did the Jets at the minimum. Uh, do you have any defensive takes this week? Uh, you know, the good ones, This like the first two weeks we've been able to find defenses lower uh, lower in the salary range that were good. This week the really good ones are, are all priced up. So I don't mind going with a, a team I think is underpriced this compared to what they usually are. That's the Patriots against the Raiders coming off of a loss for the Patriots and the Raiders being 2-0 and on the season. I got a feeling the Patriots show up in a big way on defense and they're 3,200. They're usually like a $4,000 defense. I don't mind the Patriots this week to save a little money. Yeah, I like that. That was one of the bets. I like Patriots at home minus five and a half. I think the uh, the Raiders are a little uh, overvalued after that Monday night win and beating the Panthers in week one. So I like that call here with the Patriots, 3,200, and they don't look like they're going to be too highly owned. So that leaves us with 5,600 to go. Let's see what range that puts us in here as far as options in the flex. We got... Uh, Dusty T.Y. Hilton, whose grandmother dunked on him yesterday. Poor guy. Um, We got Michael Gallup. uh, If we want some access to that Dallas-Seattle game, we're a little short on that. We have, let's see here, we have Deontay Johnson, who uh, is pretty popular now. What? uh, Oh, and CeeDee Lamb as well. What jumps out here? Oh, man. The two that jump out are Deontay and C.D. Lamb. now, Deontay, we're, I'm waiting on Juju. Juju Smith has uh, got the big red cross by his name. So I think he uh, like didn't practice yesterday or something like that. He, like if he plays, Deontay's a better play than if Juju were to sit out. So, yeah, questionable. Like Red cross. I want Juju to play because I want Houston to devote their really good cover cornerback to Juju and I want Deontay to run wild. So I got to wait on that. But in the meantime, I don't mind CD lamb one bit this week. It's, I know it's a, like a four or five headed monster for Dallas. Like five guys could be, get the target on any play, but CD he's going to get, he's an explosive athlete. Uh, One of these weeks, he's going to catch one of those 12 yard passes and he's going to take it to the house. So might as well be this week. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not the uh, the film watcher, the film grinder, but man, does C.D. Lamb look the part. He just looks like a potential superstar out there. And I, I've heard this take before, and I kind of agree with it, that I'm just not – I won't be surprised if by the end of the season, you know, he is the, the best Dallas wide receiver, even over Amari. I think he's that good. Well, we might be going a little bit over. I went a little overboard for you there? You got to rein me back in? I don't want to spoil it here, but CD is actually three years older than Amari. Yeah. Mm, you, you it, I think you, is is Amari Cooper Benjamin buttoning for you? He just continues <laughs> to get younger every year. He's like Jason Tatum of the NBA. They yeah. just, they, they stay the same forget. age. Like, yeah. I, I, like, as far as talent, I agree with you. I thought CD Lamb was a great player in college. I thought he was a great player coming out. I don't, I don't see how he misses. And it's really tough to say that when you have Amari Cooper on that team. Amari Cooper is really good, but I'm not going to disagree. Maybe maybe give him several weeks here to get his rookie legs under him, but I'm not going to agree that in the long term he's going to be a, just as good or if not better wide receiver than Cooper. So um, just I, I always kind of do like to look at some of these other um, potential as we wrap up here, some, some late swap options. Uh, we do have some options and I actually think this lineup sets up well in that we have a really contrarian stack and then we have Jonathan Taylor and CD lamb going in the 4 PM slot. So if this didn't hit in the way we loved, we could potentially do some pivots off of Taylor and CD lamb. Uh, if we felt like we needed to catch up on the field. Yeah, I think we're different enough. Um, I honestly, man, I don't think, uh, I don't think I've ever 
I mean, the only times I've ever swapped out like that, it has cost me. So I usually don't do that. Yeah. And I haven't done that in a long time because they, they took the Sunday night game away from us on the main slate. I, you know, you, you, then you'd have time to play with a little bit, but yeah, I, I usually don't do that, but we're so much different anyway that if I've got like a, a couple dead spots in there and I'm, I'm probably drawing dead anyway, so I don't even want to waste my time. I just want to watch a little football. Josh Gibson here on YouTube, he's questioning your math. He says CeeDee Lamb is 21 and Amari's 26. <laughs> I, I don't know. I kind of trust Chop on this one. It sounds like you were on the Wikipedia birthdays earlier. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've been looking it up. I've been keeping track of it. I don't I think that that's a – I don't think you're right there, Josh. All right, Chop. How how we feeling uh, about this lineup? I I like this one. I think uh, someone in the in the Roto Grinders chat says not enough alphas in this lineup. I'll, I'll disagree with that. I think I think Diggs is an alpha. I think Jonathan Taylor is an alpha. I think Ceedee Lamb's an alpha. I think Austin Eckler's an alpha. There's plenty of alphas, although he's probably just pointing to the salary. Like this is not a studs and duds lineup. This is not the Derek Cardi optimal jamming in Chris Hogan. We have a pretty smooth uh, mid range here. Oh, I like it. I mean, yeah, the only the only beta we have here is Carson Wentz, but we'll, we hopefully he just puts it together one week for us. That's all we need, one week. There you go. I like this lineup a lot. Chop, any other final words here? I mean, I am now a showdown thought leader coming off of two nice hits. Chop coming off of two monster scores. What do we need to do for our viewers to get some of this good run good? You got to get you one of these, son. You got to get you one of these. You, what, don't you have these for sale? I mean, you got to I mean, get you. <laughs> we still have a bunch of them here, yeah. This is like I've yeah. got this about, what, seven, eight months ago I received this, and I haven't looked back since. It's been all pure bliss. There it is. There it is. Well, how did Chop win? A combination of an optimizer, his bare hands, and a man's coin. Those are the ingredients to success. The clicker in this hand, the man's koi rubbing. I'm rubbing it in this hand while I build. This is the perfect scenario. And what uh, what do you got going on uh, content wise at at Roto Grinders these days? Anything uh, people should be looking out for? You got the uh, the showdown shows. Man, yeah, just a few showdown shows. Nothing big. Yeah, if you want to look at some showdown shows, we got some showdown shows on the site. Uh, college football, man. A lot of college football going on. I, I love me some college football. We got some content over there. And just hanging out in Discord. I'm hanging out in there a lot every day. We just talk football. So get in the Discord. There you go. Get in the Discord. Uh, I do have the weekly uh, Bankroll Challenge Listener League on DraftKings. It did fill uh, already. It keeps filling early. So I will make that bigger next week. We will be back on Monday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern, to recap my team in the spy. So for Head Chopper, thank you to Roto Grinders for sponsoring us. We will see you guys next week as spy champions.